0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Uh, if you did watch Daily Wager earlier today, I told you Patrick Williams, uh, over, just one steal. All he needed was one steal. Sure enough, he has two in the game against the Bulls and the Nets. That's right. So that hit also gave Vincent under twelve and a half points, under two and a half three pointers. Sure enough, that hit. So 2-0 so far on the night. What else is left? Let's get you locked and loaded. Again, the Thunder taking on the Suns. Tip-off was just a few minutes ago, but you can still get in on this wager. And also the Kings going up against the Clippers. That tip-off is at 10.30. So we still got about 20 minutes left. So let's let's get you locked and loaded. So first and foremost, love the Thunder tonight. Why? The Suns still without KD. Apparently his debut will be sometime around March 1st. That's when it's expected. So therefore, the trade that took place as we know, uh, McCall Bridges as well as Cam Thomas, they are in Brooklyn. So not no longer there. Who's their best defensive player? Chris Paul. Yeah, I said it. Chris Paul pretty much is the Suns best defensive player on the court right now. Meanwhile, OKC, they're great. Um, Coming off of an overtime loss, unfortunately, to the Jazz. This is a great bounce back spot for them. They're great against the spread as a team, as a dog. They're seventy percent. They have a seventy. Marinate this for a second. They've got a seventy percent cover rate as dogs this season. Thirty-seven and twenty-one against the spread. Second best net rating since the new year, since January first, and tenth best defensive rating. So I, I do love OKC getting the seven points again that just tipped off. We're about 11 a minute into the first period or the first quarter, I should say. So um, so jump on OKC as soon as possible, please. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, the other game that I want to talk about is the Kings and the Clippers. We've got a few minutes here. Uh, we've got 15 minutes before that game tips off. The Kings in L.A. going up against the Clippers. Of course, all the buzz, the storyline, Russell, Westbrook, now part of the Clippers. What is that going to mean for them? Um, I, I'm Listen, I'm high on the Clippers. I do like the Clippers, especially some of the prop bets out there. Are, I should say futures bets um, when we're talking about looking at the postseason. But tonight, I'm all over. The Kings. I do like the Kings. Give me the Kings. Give me the points. Um, Five and two against the spread in their seven games in L.A. They destroyed the Clippers back in December. Um, Coming off of a huge win against the Trailblazers, which, by the way, it was pretty much a blowout, so their players were able to rest. They shot 54% in that game. So even though this is a back to back, I still like the Kings and I like the Kings getting the points. Um my favorite prop bet here is Sabonis. I think Sabonis is going to have a big night tonight. He typically he typically has this team averages 27 assists a game. Sabonis averages 7 assists a game. He had 10 last night. Uh, he actually had a triple-double last night. 18-18-10, and, and Zubak is out for the Clippers. So uh, I love Sabonis. I think he's got a great matchup tonight. So I would play Sabonis over rebounds. I would also play Sabonis over assist and rebounds tonight. So those are my two plays. And we will be following them throughout the show. Again, um, just to recap... I do like the Thunder getting the points again. The Thunder getting seven, and um, and the Kings uh, they're getting six. And also, I like prop bets over Sabonis over rebounds and over rebound rebounds and assists combined. So those are my two plays heading into some evening games here in the NBA. But of course, we're just coming off of the Knicks win against the Wizards, one fifteen to one nineteen. I'm going to open up the box score. How about Julius Randle? 46 points. Are you kidding me? What is up? Mitch Robinson back in action. I, I thought it was going to take like a good week or two for, for Mitch Robb to get back into action, but that's not the case. Put up 12 rebounds. Jalen Brunson doing Jalen Brunson things. 13 points, four rebounds, nine assists. So for folks out there who still think that the uh, the Knicks paid too much money for uh, Jalen Brunson, oh boy, how wrong are you? Bing so <laughs> there you go. Uh, by the way, Julian and Chantel are producing the show tonight. So I just want to kick off the show with some NBA action for you. Big kudos to the Knicks. I love the Knicks. By the way, one of my favorite prop bets, or I shouldn't say prop bets, futures of. Futures bets uh, for the Knicks. I love them over 43 and a half wins this season. Love the addition of Josh Hart to this lineup, right? Played 27 minutes tonight, six rebounds, four assists, six points. Um, Mitch Robinson being back in action. Uh, th- when you look at this Knicks roster and as well as their, their schedule, it's like, okay, one game away, two games home, two games away, one game home. It's not like when you look at, the, like, for example, the Nets, for example, like they have a, they, they a, a stent where they're like on the road for like five or six games. So a few things. Number one, I love what the Knicks did prior to the, the trade deadline. Love the addition of Josh Hart. I truly believe that this is a Knicks team that is going to finish in the top six. Uh, I love them over 43 and a half wins. They're at 34 and 27 right now. They've got 21 more games. So all they have to win out of the 21 are 10 more games. Sign me up. I'm in. And that's it plus money, right? That's it plus money. So I do love that. All right, uh, quick break. We come back. Uh, we'll continue. We'll open up the phone lines as well. 800-919-3776. Uh, do you have an NBA play that you like in tonight, or do you have an NBA play that you like in the futures market? I love what the Lakers did. I've got the D- I've got the Denver Nuggets representing the West in the postseason. I do love what the Bucks are doing was not – S- was not thinking, of course, that Giannis was gonna play tonight, but sure enough, they did and they won. They beat the the Heat. Um trying to think of some of the the other NBA futures bets that I that I'm all over. Uh it, maybe there's an N- NBA futures bet that you have that you've already gone to the window for prior to, of course, uh the uh the NBA postseason. I'd love to hear it. Try to sell me on it. 800 919 3776 And Nina Marks with you. This is Week can Wager here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
2: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight s-a-v-e go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you again try jets signature eight corner pizza and get five dollars off with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e jets pizza better because it has to be
1: got to feel really good about themselves 115 to 109 they took a they, they took care of the Washington Wizards um I, I'm all over this Knicks team and again uh over 43 and a half wins that is their win total for a number of reasons uh first and foremost love the addition obviously of of uh,
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
3: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
0: Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
1: Uh, that took place on Thursday night. I, I guess, you know, trying to uh, emulate what the NFL does. And uh, full disclosure, I did have the Seattle Sea Dragons minus three. Uh, they lost 20 to 18 to the Battle Hawks. Uh, but we've got a game tomorrow the DC Defenders taking on the Vipers. And then on Sunday, you've got the two worst teams in the XFL. Uh, San Antonio taking on Orlando, and then the two best teams in the NFL going up. The Renegades taking on the Roughnecks. So, um, Stormy uh, Bunantani joins me now here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Again, it's it, it very interesting. Like ESPN asked me to put a um, a, a power ranking together um, for the XFL, and for me, it's it's. Head and shoulders, the rough next to me are the number one team, of course, with Wade Phillips and whatnot. What say you, Stormy?
4: Absolutely, at least based on week one. It's a small sample size, but that's all we really have to work with at this point. But, yeah, I think well, Wade Phillips' group put together a really solid performance week one, the largest margin of victory on the weekend. I mean, three of the four games were decided by four points or less. We had crazy second-half comebacks these really exciting finishes, but the Roughnecks really put it on Orlando. So good on them. They're the favorite now to win it all at this point, which is so funny that like the odds were just so on the move after just one week of these teams seeing each other. I talked to like a number of odds makers who all said that was exactly what was going to happen just because they know essentially what we know coming into this season was that, you're making your opinions based on the like head coaching pedigree and skill position players and quarterbacks. Like That's how you're making these numbers and kind of going from there. But the Refne- Roughneck certainly showed out um, week one. And there are a couple of teams that actually lost their respective openers that I think are going to be better than people might think. So kind of exciting as we go on here.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So now I'm intrigued, which by the way, again, since Stormy agrees with me, the Roughnecks, you can wager right now that they win the XFL championship at four to one. So their odds right now are at four to one. Wade Phillips is the head coach. Brandon Silver is their quarterback. Went for 272 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. But Wade's defense doing Wade defense stuff. Four sacks, three interceptions. All right, on Saturday uh, is your game. Again, the Vipers going up against the D.C. Defenders. Uh, You know, the D.C. Defenders defensive coordinator Greg Williams mad crazy respect uh, in regard to the defenses that he oversaw while he was in the NFL. So we know they've got a great defense, the Vipers, Luis Perez. I was expecting more from him because of how much experience that he does have. But nonetheless, the Vipers are favored by three, the over unders at 36 and a half. How, how would you play this one? Because you mentioned that
4: defense, um, Both defenses actually had a lot of success week one and we were expecting rain and some cold weather here in Vegas. So you see that total at 36 and a half. Maybe it is a lower scoring game. I'm a little bit curious on what's going to happen at quarterback because you mentioned Perez not having, you know, necessarily the productivity that we expected. He had three touchdowns, but he had a pair of pick sixes that cost Vegas Mm -hmm. the game and yep. It's in. I mean, I, I talk about their defense being so good. They didn't allow Arlington an offensive score in that game. They lost by two despite having a pair of pick sixes and a fumble. So I, I think that they're better than, than people might expect. And I get why they're favored in this spot. And it's another one of those games where, like, Vegas lost week one. D.C. won their early game. But you see the Vipers favored at home in this one. Um, Jordan Ta'amu, the quarterback for D.C., did not have a good day. He was 8 of 19 for 86 yards and a pick. Then my former Miami quarterback, De'Aaron King, rotates in. And he was really productive with his legs. So I'm curious to see – if Reggie Barlow continues to play both guys or kind of how he elects to handle that offense. But I feel like the Vipers defense could cause them a a little bit of problems here. Um, I don't have, I mean, I'm obviously calling the game, so I don't have like a pick per se in it. I'm more just curious how things are going to play out, especially if it's, if weather is causing issues in this one.
1: I hear you. You mentioned the under, and that's kind of, that's where I was flowing in this game uh, again, just because of the good defense, S- somewhat of a subpar performance from Luis Perez. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm. Uh, that's kind of where I was, I was leaning. Sunday is very interesting. So, uh, so the first game is on Thursday night. We've got the DC game and the Vipers on Saturday, and then of course two games on Sunday. And to me, you've got the two worst teams in the the, the league playing against each other at 4 o'clock. And then in my opinion, you have the two best teams in the league playing against each other at 7 o'clock. So let's start with San Antonio, of course, Hines Ward, head coach, going up against Orlando. Um, Orlando, Paxton Lynch was benched. Their offensive line is just horrible. But they are home and they are hosting. San Antonio is still favored by three. The over-under is 38-and-a-half. What's your thought process on on this matchup? How do you think this unfolds?
4: Well, I do lean under in the game, first and foremost. It's one of the higher totals. The Renegades and Roughnecks
1: have the highest total
4: at 40, but Brahma's Guardians, 38 and a half. Heinz Ward and that Brahma squad coming off such a heartbreaker. I think they're going to have a bounce back here in Orlando. You mentioned Paxton Lynch getting pulled in the third quarter. They put in Quentin Dormady. The two of those quarterbacks, though, combined for three picks and took seven sacks. So, not an ideal start for the offense in any way, shape, or form. Maybe we see DeAndre Francois this game. He could be in the mix, something to look out for, for sure. Um, meanwhile, I think that the Brahma's offense did really do some good things, and they did have a 15-3 to lead in that game against St. Louis. Up until A.J. McCarron did some heroics with a minute 30 left to play in the game. Um, we saw some solid quarterback play from Jack Cone. Jaquez Patrick was pretty solid. Kalen Ballage in the backfield. Everything for me is coming up Brahmas. I don't think the three is too big, but my, my favorite play in this game would be the under just because both offenses largely struggled week one. And I think that's a trend that we are going to see continue here on Sunday afternoon
1: another reason why stormy i'm I'm leaning towards the under is because we we did see uh, San Antonio really be a run heavy team right They mm-hmm. rushed for one hundred and thirty three yards against St. Louis so you know I, I assuming that they're that that's going to be their offensive game plan and mentality obviously runs the football, they eat up time of possession, and then typically, uh, you know, you, you have a better chance of the under-hitting. Uh, that leads us to the game, I think, the game of Week 2, and that's the Renegades, Bob Stoops, in that great defense, going up against the Roughnecks, Wade Phillips, in that great defense. Uh, the uh, The Roughnecks are favored by 4.5. The Over-Unders at 4, as you mentioned, that's the highest total Uh, On on the slate this week, and again, I'm leaning towards the under here as well, just because we're talking about two Mm -hmm. really good defenses, right?
4: Yeah, and it's interesting because week one we saw a lot of low totals. Three of the four games did go over and had games played in the 40s. Yet this week, I'm looking at all the totals and I'm like, I want to bet unders again. Here we go. (laughs) Um, But yeah, (laughs) this is a little in-state rivalry here good defense on good defense um, but Wade Phillips with the better one right and they obviously showed off in week one against the team that we largely believe is probably the worst team in the league at this point they're 15 to 1 odds after one week of play to win it all for a reason it was the largest margin of victory like I mentioned earlier of any other game in week one and they got to the quarterback a ton now you face a Bob Stoops offense that I mean let's say it was pretty conservative to start for them. And I, I said earlier with the Vegas side of things that the Renegades did not score an offensive touchdown in that game. If you've got this type of a defense coming after you, it's going to be that much more challenging. Um, Drew Plitt was efficient, don't get me wrong. It's not like they weren't productive. He was 19-25 to 25 for 192 yards passing, didn't turn the ball over. Um, but I think that they're going to be tested in a much more significant way from this Wade Phillips defense. And, you know, Houston was solid offensively. I could see, I could see them covering this number and the total going under is kind of just the way that I lean here And our first in-state rivalry
1: of the XFL season. Let's go. <laughs> You're fantastic. Um, is, I mean, like, like we're sitting here, we like, we're, we're so we're enthusiastic about week two of the XFL yeah. season. I love it. Um, Stormy, obviously, you know your your specialty is is hockey. So you know I, I have to I have to get some futures picks from you before we let you go. Let's start Let's start with the divisions uh, because the playoffs are going to be here before we know it, right? So let's look at the Pacific division, right? Uh, the uh, the Golden Knights they're favored to win at plus one eighty. The Kraken plus two seventy five. The Oilers plus two seventy five as well. Uh, who do you have coming out of the Pacific? The Kings have been more and more competitive.
4: I could see them overtaking the top spot with the Golden Knights having uh, a little bit of a five to one. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, The Golden Knights have a pretty tough schedule down the stretch. Although if you ask me like, so I don't like the Western Conference in general, so I'm just going to be frank with you. I think my favorite futures bet that's available right now is a very juiced price at minus 150, but just for an Eastern conference team to win it all this year. Like I have very little to no confidence in the Western conference, but there, there are teams that I like, like I like Edmonton. I like the golden Knights. I like the Dallas stars coming out of the central. um, I was just going to ask you that's, that's,
1: that's probably my, that's probably my favorite bet in regard to like a division bet is the Dallas stars at plus one Oh five. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot.
4: Um, I think Jake Ottinger is tremendous in net. It's interesting, like, you look at some of these teams in the West that, like, all they need is some help on the back end or some help in net, and, like, that is what Dallas has, right? Like, they have great defensive core, and Jake Ottinger is one of the best goaltenders in the league. He's been even better um, as of late, despite things. Four um, four straight losses for the Stars at this point, but it's, they're not losing games because of him. You know, it's because he doesn't have any goal support. But um, I just I as I don't have any bets right now that I have coming out of the division. There are certainly teams that I'm looking at in conference, like um, like the Carolina Hurricanes coming out of the Eastern Conference. I have a future on them from the preseason, but that's something that I would certainly buy back in on now. Four to one. Um, the Bruins, it's, it's hard to bet on them because they've been so, so good. Funny story, actually, I was looking to fade the Bruins early on in the season because of their injuries. Like they were going to be coming into the year, no Charlie McAvoy, Brad Marshawn, Matt Grizzlick, And I was hoping that the odds would get longer to buy in on them. And then the first handful of games of the year, they're just scoring like crazy and I'm immediately like, nope, I just need to get in on this now. So I I like that I have a good in-pocket 20-1 to play at least on the Bruins um, to come out of this thing, but how often have we seen that the team that has the best regular season wins the President's Trophy doesn't ultimately do anything come the postseason. It's like since 2012-13, that the president's trophy winner has won it all. And then he, and I mean, the Bruins faced that in 2019-20. They won the president's trophy, had the best regular season in the league, and then they get knocked out in the second round. But I love the Bruins. I love the Canes. Carolina is so hot right now, 13-1-1 their last 15 games. Doesn't matter who's in net for them, if it's Frederick Anderson, if it's Auntie Ranta, They're just handling business. Gritty bunch of guys that can beat you in a number of ways. With a gritty head coach and Rod Brindamore, that PK has been a a staple of their success for the past couple of years. And they've got goal scorers, too. Like, they can win in waves. As far as futures go, those are things I love. I'm looking so much more to the east, though, than I am in the west.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: And Jordan Renan joined me on the show this week talking about the Giants. Of course, you know, not a good feeling right now. Let's be honest. If you're a Giants fan, hoping that, uh, well, first things first. I said before the season started, the Giants should pick up the fifth-year option for uh, Daniel Jones, uh, which was at $22 million. Okay? Did not happen. So... uh, Daniel comes out, has a, a stellar season, as we know. And, um, and reports were that he was going to sign talks, negotiations, were somewhere around 37 to $40 million a year. And then he fires his agent at CAA and joins Athletes First. And now reports are that he wants $45 million a year. So Jordan Renan joined me on bet uh, to give us some insight in regard to what's going on. And then Doug Kazarian and I talked about the futures bets and the futures market for not just the Giants, but also the Jets as well, considering, you know, of course, the Jets are um, teetering around with some quarterback options themselves. Let's listen in. Let's switch to the gridiron. And even though, and let's keep it in New York, Jordan Renan is joining us. He does a phenomenal job covering uh, the uh, the New York football Giants. And some big news that has come out in the last 24 hours, and that is Daniel Jones has now switched agencies. He's gone from CAA, right, to Athletes First. Now, the big talk, obviously, this offseason is the Giants trying to recoup and get back Daniel Jones as well as Saquon Barkley. Aaron, what can you tell us uh, about all that has transpired in the last 24 hours? What does this mean for Daniel Jones? What does this mean for Saquon Barkley?
5: Yeah, I mean, look, Daniel Jones is 25 years old. He's a free agent. The Giants turned down his fifth-year option, right? They declined. Let's
1: switch to the gridiron. And even though, and let's keep it in New York. Jordan Renan is joining us. He does a phenomenal job covering uh, the uh, the New York football Giants. And some big news that has come out in the last 24 hours, and that is Daniel Jones has now switched agencies. He's gone from CAA, right, to athlete First. Now, the big talk, obviously, this offseason is the Giants trying to recoup and get back Daniel Jones as well as Saquon Barkley. Aaron, what can you tell us uh, about all that has transpired in the last 24 hours? What does this mean for Daniel Jones? What does this mean for Saquon Barkley?
5: Yeah, I mean, look, Daniel Jones is 25 years old. He's a free agent. The Giants turned down his fifth-year option, right? They declined it entering this season right prior to this past season when he had the best year of his career so now uh you're talking about daniel jones trying to make the most of his free agency he wants to get something done he wants to remain in new york the giants are going to bring him back joe shane has basically already said that they want to bring him back they're going to bring him back the question is right now is only whether it's the franchise tag 32.4 million or a long-term deal So obviously, it's definitely something when he changes agents right at this point. I mean, we're talking about right on the verge of hitting free agency or being slapped with the franchise tag. It means something for Daniel Jones. How much it's going to affect the equation, we don't really know. But it is definitely meaningful that he decided to switch uh, agencies right at this point.
1: Uh, you know, heading into this news, uh, a lot of the speculation was that they were going to sign Daniel Jones to I don't know anywhere between thirty-five to forty million dollars a year and tag Saquon Barkley. If that's not the case, and they're forced to, and they're forced to have to tag Daniel Jones, what does that mean for Saquon Barkley? Does Saquon Barkley now get a get a long-term deal with the Giants? How do you see this this uh, snowball effect playing out?
5: Yeah, I do see the two playing on each other, and I wrote about it in a story last week. Saquon Barkley loses his leverage the second that that the, the I'm sorry. Saquon Barkley has leverage until the Giants have that franchise tag to use on him, right? Because you're talking about $10.1 million. That's a much nicer deal one year, no long-term commitment on a running back than the Giants already offered him. They already offered him somewhere between 12 and $13 million Per season. So th- those two equations definitely come into, into the situation here when you're talking about Saquon and Daniel Jones, and they sort of play off each other. Daniel Jones, right? If the Giants can get a deal done with him earlier, then they have that franchise tag to use on Saquon Barkley. If it's a much more difficult negotiation than it, se- than it, than it seems it's going to be, and like he just, hulk, he just hired a new agency, uh, that seems to indicate, look, there is a significant gap. This could be something that could drag on. The deadline for the franchise tag is March 7th. If the Giants have to use that tag all of a sudden on Daniel Jones, the likelihood that Saquon Barkley then walks or at least tests the market is significantly greater. And I've spoken to people about this. You know, the Giants are much more likely to let their running back walk than their quarterback, like I said before. Daniel Jones is going to be back. We do not know that about Saquon Barkley. Now, the likelihood that Saquon Barkley returns if Daniel Jones signs a long-term deal before that March 7th window closes is much, much higher.
1: It will be interesting Interesting to see how this all plays out. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. Really do appreciate it. Doug, let's talk about this, right? Giant Super Bowl contenders. Uh, if they do bring back Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, do you feel that they could compete for a Super Bowl this next season?
6: No, they're not quite there. They certainly overachieved this past season, and that's why Brian Dable won Coach of the Year, and rightfully so. This is not a championship-quality roster. Now, the division was better than we thought, and they still won nine games, and I think they deserve a bunch of credit. Their win total was seven, so it wasn't like they overachieved like no other. It wasn't from like five to nine, but they were still only a nine-win team, and I think that's their ceiling for the near future. I, I do agree that... Saquon makes him better. I'm actually a believer in Daniel Jones, having seen him under Dable versus previous regimes. But the bar is set a little higher in the NFC, although the conference will be down across the board with the departure of Tom Brady and potentially the departure of Aaron Rodgers. But the class of the division is still the Eagles and Cowboys. Dallas couldn't make a run like we saw Philly last year if the Eagles offseason and the salary cap and all those problems sort of uh, come to fruition like we think they might but I the the Giants are still a couple notches below.
1: See I disagree if the Giants can work out a deal and bring back in Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley I do believe that there is a scenario where they potentially could be that team in the NFC that nobody wants to play right. I mean listen nine nine seven and one last year Brian Dable won coach of the year. Uh, Their hands were tied because of Dave Gettleman and players that they had to let go. They're heading into this season in a much better situation, Doug, than they have in years past. They've got the third most cap space available, little over $58 million. They've got nine draft picks. Four of them are in the first in, in the first three rounds. I do believe Leo Williams takes a hometown discount because he does love playing for this organization. It'll be really interesting to see if they trade for T. Higgins. Uh, as we know, if they do bring back Daniel Jones, he needs better weapons to work with. So just watch out. I know it sounds like I'm drinking the blue Kool-Aid, but watch out for these giants. Some other big news happening here in New York, and that's Derek Carr. He visited the Jets this weekend, wine and dining, right? Uh, so my question to you is, are the Jets a playoff team with 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 Derek Carr or do you feel that they should wait until Aaron Rodgers comes out of this dark.
6: So Carr would be an upgrade over what they had last year. Now I'm not a Derek Carr backer and as a Raider fan, I've been pulling for him or the team to get move on from him because I don't think his ceiling is high enough, but they did surprise me a couple years ago. He had a nice run into the postseason. Now they came up short against Cincy in their first playoff game, but it, it could work with Carr enough for them to get to the playoffs. I just think the division and the conference is loaded so yes the jets were a real quarterback away from going to the playoffs and if things go right again this coming season in terms of the defense and other things break their way but their division is loaded and the afc is stacked as well other teams are improving this offseason teams like denver sort of in that class with the jets so i would say no but i understand their quality of play like they would definitely be a playoff team if they existed in the nfc
1: so I, I do believe the Jets are a playoff team. I think I think who, whomever, whether it's Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo, whatever quarterback they sign, I do believe that this is a Jets roster that can compete and contend to try to win the AMC East, let alone make some noise in the postseason. As to what quarterback I favor, for me, it's Derek Carr. I talked about it on my radio show um, extensively this weekend here in New York for a number of reasons. Derek Carr is a free agent. So the Jets don't have to give up any draft picks to get them, get him like they would have to with Green Bay if they wanted to uh, acquire Aaron Rodgers. Also, Derek Carr, since he's a free agent, it's a clean slate, right? It's a clean canvas in regard to what the Jets can negotiate in regard to a salary. Uh, if the Jets were to bring in Aaron Rodgers, they would have to eat the salary that the, that the, the uh, Green Bay Packers have already agreed to with Aaron Rodgers. On top of that, Carr is in his early 30s I think Aaron Rodgers is at the the tailspin of his career where, you know, what, do you get one year to go for it uh, for the Jets as opposed to Carr, who more than likely would sign a three-to-five-year deal with the Jets and, and be here and give them some longevity? And last but not least, Carr wants to get a deal done by March 15th because he wants those free agent players who are going to be available to know, like, I'm the quarterback, I'm on this team and help the organization lure in some players where Aaron Rodgers is in some dark room somewhere, doing God knows what, contemplating whether or not he wants to play at all. So for me, I think Derek Carr is the better fit.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.